0: All things are possible, and you can be, authentically, gay with the God of your understanding. I am your host, Midge Noble, and I am very honored that you are here. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Gay With God podcast. I'm so glad that you're here, and I really appreciate all your support, as always. I want to remind you right off the bat that I am thrilled to share that I'll be recording a podcast, this podcast, live from the Wild Goose Festival this July dates 11 through 14. Wild Goose Festival is a transformational community grounded in faith inspired social justice. It's a -a one-of-a-kind gathering that brings together activists, artists, and seekers from all walks of life to explore justice, art, spirituality, and community. It takes place at the Van Hoy Farms in Union Grove, North Carolina. That's near Statesville. And I'd love for you to join me there. From engaging workshops to inspiring panels and interactive experiences, I may also be speaking, but that hasn't been confirmed yet. Wild Goose has something for everyone. So mark your calendars and let's be a part of this incredible community that is committed to making a positive impact in the world. For more information, visit www.wildgoosefestival.org. and. As one of my Gay With God followers, you can use a discount code and you could get $50 off the price of an adult weekend ticket. To find that code, go to the show page for Gay With God at empoweredmidge.podbean.com. That's $50 off of an adult ticket. Well, today, I'm excited to welcome a new friend. Um, I'm making so many great connections, and that's how I know I'm in the flow of the Holy Spirit, because people are coming into my life that is just enriching my life in so many ways. And Jerry Landry is one of those people that I have just recently met. And Jerry is a self-described lifelong learner. His spiritual journey began in childhood and is an ongoing daily path. Since 2015, Jerry and his husband have been active in various lay ministries with their Episcopal parish in Davidson, North Carolina. In addition to his day job as a learning and development professional, Jerry is also the host of the U.S. Presidential History Podcast, The Presidencies of the United States, that takes an in-depth look at the various people, events, and socioeconomic trends that have shaped and reshaped the presidency well that is a very <laughs> a good topic for us <laughs> especially well, and, these days
1: <laughs> well and especially on president's day since we're recording it that's on right day. <laughs>
0: that's right we are like we planned that <laughs> i know right? okay so not really okay <laughs> but if we had we would have been so brilliant <laughs> so so jerry as always i just tell my guests to Tell us your story and start wherever you feel comfortable and let's get started.
1: Absolutely. Well, first of all, Midge, thank you so much for inviting me on. Yes. Um, likewise, it has been a pleasure to get to know you over the last mm-hmm. couple of months. And I'm looking forward to having mm-hmm. some more time together. Um, mm-hmm. This has been an amazing year, an amazing journey already. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting as I was preparing to come on your show just kind of reflecting on where this journey has taken me thus far and mm-hmm. like i said um in my bio it really started when i was a kid like i remember just being outside and just talking with god just having conversations just being moved by the holy spirit and just feeling god around me and it's interesting because i my family was not religious in any way um we were by heritage southern baptist but none of my my mom none of her siblings went to church they had a really bad experience mm. with a local pastor who didn't like my grandfather and so it turned all of them away from church
0: and that's sad
1: yeah gosh yeah So, I really took the motivation to start learning. And just like anything else in life, I typically started, you know, back, that was the days of of physical encyclopedias. So, (laughs) I would start learning from there, but also I bought children's Bibles. I tried to find any source that I could Mm. to help me to understand because that just, that hadn't been a part of my life, but I felt a calling to it. Mm. It was an interesting way to approach God, realizing that I was finding I was being led by guideposts that I didn't understand. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, when I started realizing, and yeah, you know, I always in some way, knew that I was gay, but mm-hmm. when I really started coming to terms with it, I was very lucky and blessed as a kid to be around people who were openly gay and lesbian. Oh, it was a part of my life, and so to me, it was okay. But when I started to think about it myself, I realized I had to take into consideration how society was going uh-huh. to treat me uh-huh. Uh-huh. and as somebody who had this spiritual calling that was also something that i had taken into consideration because yeah. i knew there are many churches out there who aren't affirming and uh-huh. welcoming to the lgbtq plus community so uh-huh. it took some soul searching i'll, uh-huh. I'll be honest It took some soul searching.
0: How did your family feel about your searching and leaning into religion?
1: It was interesting. My mom would always answer any questions that I had. She was always supportive of wherever my learning was taking me. Mm -hmm. I I grew up knowing that she loved God, Mm -hmm. but she didn't like what people sometimes did in God's name. Mm
2: -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: I was always pushing myself harder in Uh school, in my goals. She was never one that really pushed me. Uh The only thing she ever told me was that whatever I did, she wanted me to be happy. Uh And so she was very supportive of wherever that would lead. Uh But when I started thinking about coming out and coming to terms with being gay... It was a time we had actually moved when I was halfway through high school. I, I originally grew up just south of Baton Rouge. And so it was a larger school, still pretty rural at the time. Now it's just all suburbs, but uh-huh. still had farms and everything. But it was close to the city, more urban. But we moved to where my family's originally from, uh, Washington Parish, uh, which is on the in Louisiana. And it was definitely more of a rural setting, small town. Most of the folks had grown up together. And so <laughs> here I was coming in and, oh, by the way, I'm gay. <laughs> so by that point, you had kind of accepted that about yourself? It was where I really... And it was a time that I felt very isolated and alone because Mm -hmm. I was still trying to get to know folks, but also realizing in two years I'm going to college. So
0: yeah,
2: how
1: strong relationships can I form? Mm -hmm. And so I did a lot of self-reflection and it was, it was tough. I always tell folks, you know, being in the learning and development space now, And being a lifelong learner, one of the toughest things is to turn the mirror on yourself Mm -hmm. and and to really ask, what's going on? Who am I? Mm -hmm. And I still remember there was this one day that I was just feeling really down. Mm -hmm. I felt alone. I felt uncertain. And this feeling just rushed over me. It was... The purest sense of love I've ever felt in my life. Mm. And I knew who it was. I knew it was God. And after that, I knew it was going to be okay. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm. Well, you know, I think that's beautiful because a lot of people don't have that experience. You know, that's that's such a tangible knowing for you and it comforted you and it brought you forward do you find that knowing that even when the trials hit that that's better do you feel like you get more trials to test it out how does that how does that work when you get that that amazing sense that you're you got it
1: (laughs) i I try not to think about maybe maybe i would have had less trials without it but but honestly it it has been something it's been a a hallmark in my life a, a a place that i return to when I need Uh, to draw on faith. uh And it's kept me going through some dark times. You know, Uh I started, once I went to college, I started coming out to folks, which it was funny. There were very mixed reactions. There were some folks who were genuinely shocked. Other folks were like, well, we were just waiting on you to tell us. (laughs) Yeah.
0: It's like, thanks.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Couldn't you have told me sooner?
0: Yeah. That, you know.
1: But I was, it. so I went to Millsaps College in Jackson, Mississippi, small liberal arts college, very welcoming and open. I had a great support system there. Um, my mom did struggle a little bit um, mm-hmm. when I initially told her. And at first I was kind of put off by it. Mm-hmm. She she told me, you know, you need to think about it more before you screw up your life. Ooh.
0: <laughs> well, that she didn't mince words, did she?
1: <laughs> she? She she was not one for mincing words. <laughs> but I realized upon reflection that it wasn't that she was upset at me or that she was, you know, turning against me. She knew friends who had died of AIDS. Mm -hmm. She Mm -hmm. had witnessed her friends and how hard they struggled in society, Mm -hmm. trying to be open. And she, as somebody who only wanted me to be happy, Mm -hmm. she was worried that coming out was going to mean that I wasn't going to be.
0: Right. Right. And potentially could not survive it. Yeah. 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 Oh. And was your father still living at this time?
1: That's one of the funny things. I never knew my father. Okay. Um, I grew up, my mom was a single mom, but we lived with my grandma. And so I was surrounded by love from them Mm -hmm. and support from them. Um, It wasn't always easy, but I never really felt that something was missing. It Mm -hmm. was, this was just my family.
0: Hmm. Well, they must have done a a wonderful job to make you feel complete. Yeah.
1: Which and that's you know one of the times that I hit a real struggle and a crisis was right after I graduated. So I met my husband during college. Right after we moved in together, and It was funny. I would introduced my mom to a couple of other folks that I dated and she did not like them at all, Uh, uh. (laughs) but Alex, she immediately gave his approval and I'm so grateful and thankful. And I I do look at it as God at work in bringing him into my life when he did, because um, my mom passed away and. February of 2005 Uh, and it was it was the hardest time in my life
2: oh yeah Um, yeah
1: I am an only child so it was like I was losing my family
2: Uh Uh
1: but I'm so thankful for Alex for all the love and support that I was surrounded by at the time and and the faith that kept me going. I mm-hmm. definitely struggled for a while with it but mm-hmm. I knew in my heart and I could still feel that that overwhelming sense of love. I knew that God was there with me mm-hmm. through it all through mm-hmm. every step and so later that year we went through Hurricane Katrina. Mm-hmm. 2005 was an awful year (laughs) yeah like it was like once we got done with 2005 Alex and I I started thinking about well where are we going and that's how we ended up in North Carolina Uh, we started we actually just took out a map and started picking out places (laughs) through like okay we could see ourselves there there no Mm -hmm. we're gonna cross that one off the list no really not
2: Mm mm-hmm
1: And we just kept coming back to the idea of North Carolina. And so 2006, Alex got a job offer. We were relocated. I actually didn't have the Charlotte area on our radar. We were thinking Raleigh-Durham, but we ended up in Charlotte and we've been here ever since.
0: Wow. Well, that's awesome. That's awesome. So in your journey of coming out and exploring yourself in your spirituality it sounds like that you just had this inner guidance system all along that in in the vast you know darkness of not having any connection to church really except for a negative connotation with how that minister you know treated your grandfather i just love this story so much because that reminds me that That when we are called, no matter where we are, no matter what experience we have with knowings, we'll be drawn in. And God has us. The Holy Spirit brings us in exactly when we need to find God and I just love this story <laughs> that is real. It, it would have been a great book, but <laughs> this is your life. So I see a memoir in your future and <laughs> I've got a publisher if you want me to share it later. but um, yeah you know, I just love the fact that you were so open. And you are so trusting in, in what you're doing. And I think that's the beauty of childhood is that we don't get in our own way as much that when we get pulled into something, we just go and we just explore. And that's part of the beauty of being a child because we've not been cluttered up with all the what ifs and the shoulds and the coulds and, and the, uh you know, we just go, um, and it sounds like your mom fostered that because some kids don't have permission to do that. You know, she could have steered you away. She could have shut that down. Um, And I I think she must've been just an amazing mother to, to keep you on the path that that you determined for yourself instead of putting in her negativity about that.
1: Yes. And I, I still think about her. um, So this Saturday marked nineteen years since I mm. lost her. And mm-hmm. I think about her every day. She's mm-hmm. still present in my life. And and I also think about her and try to live up, up to her example mm-hmm. in just creating that space for me to mm-hmm. learn and grow and thrive. And I think that's a beautiful thing and Anytime that we can do that for others, it's important Mm -hmm. to just hold the space for folks and let them, because to your point, Midge, just this inner sense, we know we have the answers within us.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Nobody else, you know, other folks can say, oh, well, I think this would be a good idea or Mm -hmm. you might want to think about this. Mm -hmm. But nobody really knows where, who we are and where we're going. Mm -hmm. except for us and God. And we've got to have that space to be able to live into who we are and Mm -hmm. where we're going. Mm -hmm. And it's just such an amazing gift. And it's so much better than just having somebody tell you, oh, well, just do this. Mm. If you come up with the answer for yourself, it's not easy. Mm -hmm. and you're going to stumble, and you're going to fall, and you're going to get back up. And that's what creates resilience, endurance, and we'll find our way. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Well, I, I think that some of us are still shutting that down, that we're afraid of what the call is, and we're afraid to answer that call, and we may have an inkling and our own past or our own stuff gets in the way as adults where, you know, it may not have as a child. I remember being so much braver sometimes <laughs> as a child because I didn't, um, I mean, we were very sheltered and it was a very closed system. However, um I just, if I felt the nudge to do something, I didn't necessarily know for sure that it was God, but I just wouldn't give up you know, and I just kept leaning in. And I guess I've, I've done that my whole life. However, as, as it gets, as I get older and the stakes are higher, you know, like mortgage and <laughs> and, and all those, all, all the things, fun things, <laughs> all the fun things that come with being an adult. Um, I second guess myself sometimes, you know, leaning into lay preaching and the initiative that, that I'm doing now is that I believe that it is a call for me, and yet I have found a thousand ways to to double-think it and to continue to just, you know, it's like, I know it, and then it's like, oh, but wait, <laughs> and I'll backtrack. <laughs> but I feel like that's part of the journey with, with God, is that mm-hmm. when you look at, at the scriptures, nobody just, I mean, a lot, they make it look like the apostles just said, yeah, you know, <laughs> Come with me. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there were some some mutterings. There had to have been some doubts. They were a group of people that didn't have their stuff all together anyway. So <laughs> I can't imagine um, that they could just drop everything and go. However, it's amazing that they went to begin yeah. with. And so I think that this journey of self-exploration, like you said, it's not easy. And that's, that's an exclamation mark after that, because it feels so simple when you say it, (laughs) it sounds like your journey was just like this smooth little, one of those little um, moving trams that not trams, but the sidewalks in the airport and you just got on it and (laughs) there I go. But I I know that's not true. (laughs) Well,
1: And that's the thing, and and I think that's important, and it's interesting because, you know, I I think neither Alex nor I would have described it at the time as such, but when we actually came to organize religion, it was the right time. It was Mm -hmm. getting to that point, you know, we were growing up, and I think we need those reminders to just lean into the call, lean Mm -hmm. into and trust and have faith. Mm-hmm. And so we've been in Charlotte for a few years, both of us, you know, neither of us came from families that were really religious, but mm-hmm. we each had a calling to spirituality and, and wanted to explore that. And so we started trying out a few churches, but just nothing, nothing worked. It didn't feel right. Mm -hmm. and then we went to a concert Hmm. at St. Albans and Davidson Ah, and and it was a Bach concert and we met the the rector at the time there Father David and started talking with him he immediately let us know this is a welcoming parish you are at home Mm. please be at home here and we we're like, okay, well, this guy's nice, but what about everybody else? Mm-hmm. You know, what happens when we actually meet the congregation? Mm-hmm. And since we started going in 2015, which it's hard to believe, it's nearly 10 years. Oh, wow! <laughs> not once, not once, have we felt like we are other, like mm. we are anything but people who belong there, and people are supportive of us, people are supportive of our marriage, people are supportive of our journey. And it's interesting, you know, Alex and I still laugh, it's like, us, we are in this <laughs> congregation, we are leaders in this congregation, you know, we're, mm-hmm. we're leaning into ministries and, you know, doing the good work. And it's like, in some ways, it's hard to believe that these two gay boys from the South are now <laughs> this heavily involved in church. It also is right. It's just, of course, this was going to be how it ended up. You know, mm-hmm. we've always been about connection and it's just such a wonderful faith community. And you know, now, as you are talking about with the lay preaching training that we're both in, mm-hmm. it's been a profound month and a half. Yeah. It, has really doing that self ex and trying to prepare for preaching things are getting stirred up inside and that's a good thing it's it's not easy it's bringing up a lot of emotion and mm. reflection and I'll be honest you know I've, I've had some times that I've had years letting go of things that I didn't realize I was holding on to mm. and it's It's an important journey, and it just everything within me is telling me this is the path that I need to be on now.
0: Mm -hmm. Yay! Yes, I didn't want to out you as a lay preacher, but (laughs) in training. But thank you for bringing that up. No
2: worries.
0: Because I also think it's funny that without any, you know, connection to church. You popped yourself into probably the second <laughs> diocese, you know, from Catholic to Episcopalian. You know, depending on if you're High Church Episcopalian, that's that that's even stricter. And I don't get the sense that Saint Albans is High Church, but um, but we're still. I mean, the liturgy part of it, the vestments, mm. the 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 order of service, it's all very you know ancient. You know, things that mm. ha- have been brought forward from old old times and yet there's a twist in the episcopal church where you know we can be ourselves and we don't yeah. take ourselves too seriously i i, I wish i'd been episcopalian as they call it from the cradle a cradle episcopalian yeah. because it it would have changed everything about probably how i felt about myself and about church however i then wouldn't be in this space here with with the story I have and with the way that I'm living my faith, it would have been less rich, I think, even though it was hard, you know, and it's hard for you to to have to chart your own course into religion instead of having someone to model that for you. But I, I wondered When you said before that, you know, you didn't grow up in church and now you're an Episcopalian, it's like, so how did you find that? I mean, (laughs) through a concert, that's great. (laughs) But was it weird for you to to start? like in the first service that you went to. I mean, I was so lost with the bulletin and finding the readings and and people were like pointing things to me because I was like, I don't know, y'all, y'all are complicated. This is a lot of work to go to worship. <laughs> what it, was it like for you?
1: <laughs> it's funny. It took, it was probably a couple of months before we were starting to yeah. feel comfortable. It was, it was more like, okay, did we mess something up? What, when are we standing? When are we kneeling? I What's know. going on? <laughs>
0: I know but you know and I've never crossed my heart except for in jest like I remember being in therapy one time this mama came and she told me something just absolutely horrible and and I found myself doing the sign of the cross and I said I'm not Catholic but I think anything in this situation might help and I was just making a joke about it but now knowing what that is you know and and I feel that that is just such a comfort to me now that it's, it's just this connection um, and you don't have to cross your heart as an Episcopalian You don't have to stand or kneel. You can do whatever you want and nobody's going to look at you weird, but um, you know, it's, it's just funny that we both came from places that were, you know, you know, church and me like a church that was strict in the, in the doctrine, but you know and yeah you wore your Sunday best you were you didn't wear jeans in church and all that kind of stuff and women didn't serve um so it was stricter in that way but the liturgy was just not there was no liturgy really I mean the preacher got up he read the scriptures he preached on the scriptures for about 30 minutes because 15 minutes and then repeating himself for 15 and that what well, there wasn't any real uh for me there wasn't any beauty in it. Yeah. and the liturgy almost brings me to that sacred space it's a part of getting into the sacred space and participating in in god's church really and in, in that mo- in that moment
1: exactly and and that's one of the things that really drew us to the episcopal mm. church is you know the formal informalness of it mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. the fact that you have these these guideposts in, in the liturgy that you can recognize and it doesn't matter which church you go to. You're like, okay, I know that.
2: Yeah. And
1: there's so much more and it can be adapted mm-hmm. church by church. It can be a different experience, but you have mm-hmm. certain things that are those markers as reminders and that mm-hmm. call to God. And, mm-hmm. and that relationship is just, it's amazing. I. Mm-hmm. Th- you know, I know we've talked in our, our training and we've seen some of the materials that we've read and engaged with, you know, this idea that some folks just don't observe the beauty of the liturgy. Mm-hmm. But I think about it every service. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm like, I think about how it all fits together and mm-hmm. what it's calling us to do. And it's just, it's profound. It's yes. wonderful. And, mm-hmm. and anytime I have a chance to serve, so, you know, we've served as Eucharistic ministers, I've served as a lector, participating in that service is amazing. And mm-hmm. I try to give my whole heart to it because it's helping folks to find a connection to God.
0: hmm mm-hmm. The first time that that I served as a Eucharistic minister, I didn't count on it. I mean, I was scared. I'm scared to do all the things that I try. but uh but I, I wasn't prepared for how I would feel so connected to Jesus in that moment, that I was literally, you know, bringing somebody the cup of salvation yeah. and and when I said it, the first time I felt myself catch, you know, in my throat almost because and it wasn't anxiety as much as I was just overwhelmed with the emotion of what I was getting to do at that point. And I, you know, once I, you know, was out of church and didn't feel permission to do anything in church and then coming back, my gratitude meter was so over that i if anybody asked me to do anything, I was, it was always a yes. So, you know, now I'm like stacked with things to do, but, but I just couldn't turn it down because I was so grateful that I was giving the opportunity to serve and that they saw me as worthy to serve. Um, And God always did. I just didn't know it. You know, nobody told me, they told me the opposite. So, you know, it's just a, such a healing, um, place to be when you're when you find the right body to worship with. And that's what Father Joe had told me when I was first leaning back in and he was talking to me about, you know, whether or not I would join the church. And he says, "But remember, don't join this church because you like me or you think that I helped you. Don't join this church because it's a beautiful setting because we're set in a very picturesque little valley. It's very beautiful and the church is beautiful he says it has nothing to do with that he said you would join this church if you have felt that the body of people here could help you on your spiritual journey you know he said you don't have to give anything up to come here you don't have to add anything to come here you come as you are but these are the people that will work with you through your doubts and your fears and your anxieties long before i'm gone you know, long after I'm long after I'm gone, he said, "This is why you join the church because you're going to grow together and you're going to help others and they're going to help you." And I never thought about church that way—that you know, you are connected together to grow together—and that was that was healing for me because then I didn't feel so outside of it that I was bringing myself in and I was going to be included in all of it.
1: Absolutely, mm-hmm. and, and that's the beautiful thing about it. It's. You probably have experienced this before with some churches, some congregations. You get a sense that they're just checking off a box. oh, okay, absolutely. I'm, I'm here on on Sunday morning. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> but that was one of the things that really struck us when we started going to St. Albans. It was these people are really engaged. Mm-hmm. Everybody finds their ministry. They find mm-hmm. what they contribute. and, we acknowledge the differences, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. am Go I going to be in the choir? Uh-huh. No, 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 nobody wants me to be in the choir, even though they did ask. I was like, I'm, I'm sorry. It's a joyful noise that comes out of my mouth and I'll <laughs> emphasize the noise. There's joy, but not for the listeners, <laughs> but the folks that lean into that Mm -hmm. calling and that's their way to contribute and Mm -hmm. it's everything big or small that folks do you know we um alex and i were in what we call the ministry of fun which is basically the folks who put together the fun events in Mm -hmm. the church year and it was like that service was amazing you know and and all the little things, all the little ways that folks contribute, but you get the sense folks aren't here because they're checking off a box. Folks are here because they're being called to service and learning and growing together in that community. That's, that's God at work. Mm -hmm. It's just amazing to be a part of.
0: Yeah. I, the first time that they did, um, the stewardship of, you know, getting money into the church and having people, you know, tithe. But it, it's, you know, tithe talents and treasures. So it doesn't have everything to do about money. You know, it's about, like you said, the service part. What is your talent? And how can you use that in the church? And, you know, the time that you spend doing things, it it, it really makes a difference. And I, I'm i sure we have some box checkers, you know, that just show up and they don't get involved in anything else. And that's that's them. But, you know, overwhelmingly more. I'm, like when we, I went down to coffee hour um, Sunday and the table was and and I knew that we packed bags, but I was always either getting out of my vestments. And by the time I got down there, you know, it was done. And so I was down there early this time because I wasn't serving on Sunday. And they had this whole table set up with all these like little snacks and stuff. And, it, it, and there were cards that were taped to the table. It says two of these, one of these. And all you did was take a bag and fill things in and it's going somewhere to some, some child or some, some person. And I thought that's just the coolest thing. You know, I don't remember us ever doing that in church growing up. You know, I'm sure there were some outside ministries, but it wasn't as prevalent as what we do,
1: you know, for the Episcopal church. So
0: you and I just love the church. (laughs) (laughs) And now we're going to be, we're,
1: we're, (laughs) we're leaning into it. (laughs) We are.
0: We're leaning into it. (laughs) Yep, yep, yep. Well, I just I just love the fact that we're doing the lay preaching together because that's the other thing is that when you're when you've been ostracized from church and you've been through religious trauma, finding a place where you belong to be openly gay, to not have to be ashamed and not have to pretend, I just it's the most beautiful experience because that makes everything important. You know, that you're telling the truth. You don't have to hide. And you don't have to sit there and worry that you're going to get some kind of a go to hell <laughs> <you> know, sermon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I remember that, that on Mother's Day one time, I went in to see my mother at the church I grew up in. And we were sitting there. In the Mother's Day service, and the minister—I don't know if it was for my benefit <laughs> or this is what he was going to preach anyway—but he started talking about the godly mother, and he gave all of these examples of a godly mother, and then he said, "But when a mother is not godly, she will raise a homosexual child. She will." <laughs> She's like this is the punishment oh, for them, gosh. and I, I was like devastated, and I started to get up. Cause I, I was out yeah. and she reached over and put her hand on my thigh and she said, I know this is the last Mother's Day sermon you'll ever hear, <laughs> but please don't embarrass me on this one, please. <laughs> oh. Yep, so I sat back down and grimaced.
1: <laughs> <laughs> just just going to tune it out and <laughs> yeah. it's got to end sometime. <laughs>
0: that's right.
1: That's right. Uh, well, it, and honestly, Midge, that's part of my call with the lay preaching training it's you know and it's funny because you said earlier um that you didn't want to out me as a, yeah. <laughs> a lay preacher but it it is kind of like that and especially mm-hmm. being in the lgbtq plus community when you start talking about going to church it's oh, I know. oh you go to church is, i know i've lost is, friends is, is over it okay that. yeah <laughs> yeah and <laughs> I want to lean into this to be able to speak to my faith Mm -hmm, and to mm -hmm. be able to share with folks. It's okay. You can be, you can have faith. You can find a religious community to be in Mm -hmm. and be open Mm -hmm. and be yourself. It doesn't have to be an an either or. It can be a yes and.
0: Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Yes. 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 And it's not just the Episcopalians all, although, yeah. you know, it's our favorite, but, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, there are now some affirming Methodist churches. There's a, a Baptist church down in Raleigh. That's a mm-hmm. huge support. I mean, they, they have a gay minister and it's a Baptist church. It, it just surprised me to no end. Um, and she, the pastor of that church was on this podcast before, but, um, you know, it's we are getting somewhere. We are beginning to find our voice in the church and we are becoming more accepted in the church. But I told I told a group I, I spoke to a group at the college um, this past week and I they talked about wanting to lean back into church. And I said and they said, so I guess we'll just have to go and just see how it goes. I said, no. <laughs> Don't just go and see how it goes. Prepare for where you're going, because there's no reason for us to continue to to be abused by the church. And so, you know, find out if they're affirming before you go. You know, there are websites you can go to to look at churches that, you know, or you can call and ask, you know, do women get to serve in your church? You know, do you accept gay people as God's beloveds, you know, instead of gay people that you
1: need to pray for (laughs) and not let serve? Exactly, and and, you know, take advantage of. We're in the twenty first century. You know, there are so many, Mm -hmm. there are so many churches who now have their services streaming. Yes, so you can go and get a sense of what this church is like without actually having to go. Because absolutely. You don't want to be like like you were <laughs> trapped in that sermon. <laughs> you. <laughs> Which you knew what <laughs> you, you at least had the background, but <laughs> yep, yep. you don't want yep. to be trapped in that service because mm-hmm. that's what's turned so many people away from church right. because right. they don't feel like this is a place that and, and it's in and so many Places it's not. It's not an affirming church. It's not an inclusive church. Mm-hmm. And for me, my faith has always been welcoming everybody and including mm-hmm. everybody. Other people have to figure out their own faith and they've mm-hmm. got to figure out their own journey. But for me, mm-hmm. that always had to be at the heart of things. And, you know, just like you were saying, have your list of questions mm-hmm. and feel free to ask because mm-hmm. if. A church, if a community is open and welcoming, they're going to welcome those questions. They they want to help you on your uh-huh, journey.
0: Uh-huh. And if they're not, that's check off that box number one.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. If they don't, hey, what's next? <laughs> that's
0: right. If they don't want your questions, then that's not the community that you're ready for
1: or need yeah. to start with. Yeah, absolutely. And and also realizing that sometimes and and. This is something that I've tried to adhere to over the years. Um, I've actually done trainings on LGBTQ plus awareness and allyship. Sometimes folks come and they want to be open. They want to be allies, but maybe they don't know what they don't know. And Mm -hmm. being open to their questions and... Sometimes, you know, I've I've had folks who have just been like, I'm sorry, I don't know any other way to say this, but Uh it's like, it's okay, you're trying to seek knowledge, Uh you know, and for me, again, that's part of the lay preaching, I'm trying to learn the vocabulary, I'm trying to learn the language from the spiritual from the faith perspective, Uh to be able to really articulate, am I going to ask some Weird questions, probably, (laughs) but I don't know. Uh I don't know. We've got to be open and it's, it's a place of vulnerability. It's a place of, you may get something wrong. You may, you know, say one thing when you mean another, Uh it's okay. That's human. Uh That's part of our life. But if you don't open yourself up and try to learn, Uh you never get anywhere.
0: Right, yeah, and that's that was probably the other healing thing for me is that Father Joe never turned down a question. I mean, I asked so many questions that, <laughs> and there there was another guy that was very kind to me when I first got there, and he became sort of like my extra dad, and he was always helping me, and he gave me the Episcopal handbook and you know, all this stuff, <laughs> and uh, and I, I asked so many questions about things that one day he said, "So did you know that there was an Episcopal." Um, dictionary that when you had a question that you could like look in it and this was right as we were getting into the pandemic and you know my father joe was sick and and not just with covid but with all sorts of other things wound up having a liver transplant and i mean it was just one thing after another (laughs) so you know he he told me about this book and i ordered it the same day and you could look up any word and and it it gives you this definition because i was always asking about things like why do they call it that and he goes here This is what you need to do. (laughs) But I don't think I was sitting here thinking as we were talking about how much we love the liturgy and everything that I don't know if I've had a complete year yet in the Episcopal Church of like the whole calendar year without any interruptions. Because I started leaning in in 2018. I was no 2019 and I was confirmed in 2020. And then we had the pandemic. And then. When we got through the pandemic, Father Joe had had his illness. And so we started having supply priests and extra priests. And it's like, I don't think I've I've gone through one whole year yet without any interruptions of something. (laughs) So I'm sort of like a quasi Episcopalian that may know the the flow of the year. I'm not sure.
1: (laughs) But the beauty of it is that it, you know, like we were saying earlier, that um. Oh gosh, I'm trying to remember what the word was that I used. It was. Um, it, it can shift. It can be varied, and it mm-hmm. you know from place to place and uh-huh. from priest to priest, you yep. start to get a sense of their vibe and their yes. relationship with God and how it comes out uh-huh. and, and how they approach the liturgy and uh-huh. in their sermons and it's. That's beautiful because we've got our guideposts and so much more. It becomes about the individuals. It becomes yes. about the community and realizing that it's not always going to be the same, even though we have our book of common prayer. We've got our designated points, okay. but how we approach it and what we do with it. Uh-huh. That's the beauty uh-huh. of God. That's the beauty of being in a faith community mm-hmm.
0: yeah and I think that the, the one thing that did help me with all this upheaval in in the world and in our particular church was that I got to see so many different style of priests and what they bring to you know Canon Graham has come a few times and and done you know sermons for us and um Darby was there you know and father Joe transitioned back, she was like, sort of like right there to kind of hold him up as far as, you know, if you can't make it or if you you get tired. And so she was sharing the responsibility. So, and to even to see women priests yeah. in the pulpit, it was just awesome. So um, getting to see that variety of their voices and how they bring the same scriptures that you may hear every year as it rolls through the lectionary, you know, for them to put their voice and their spin on it. Um, so it's always fresh and it's always different. Um, so I, I'm just I'm I'm feeling grateful, uh, you know, for us to go through it together as brother and sister in Christ and in the gay community and um that we're not alone you know and um i when i looked around the room that first day just in my head i was counting <laughs> gay, gay straight gay straight <laughs> i was like yeah. yay <laughs> <laughs> you know men and women gay and straight you know married not married didn't matter. you know, so there's a good mix of us um, getting ready to go out and put the good news in the world so
1: Yeah. And, and that's the beauty of it is Mm -hmm. that it can truly be a reflection of what is instead Mm -hmm. of what somebody wants it to be. And Mm -hmm. to me, that is, that's a true faith community Mm -hmm. is everybody is welcome and everybody is learning and we are all flawed and we're going to make mistakes. It doesn't matter whether you're ordained or a lay minister preacher Mm -hmm. whatever we all make mistakes Mm -hmm. and god loves us in spite of that because of that Mm -hmm. (laughs) yes
0: yes well i yeah the last question that i usually ask a guest is you know if someone was struggling and they came to you um what would be the thing that might have helped you um what is something you want you've always kind of felt led to say to someone else if they're struggling with their sexuality or going back to church? What's the one thing that you would want them to know?
1: I would want them to know that they're not alone. Mm. And that's, I think, the most important gift that we can give one another mm-hmm. is to just let people know you are not alone. Mm hmm. Your journey is going to be your own. It's going to be unique. You're, mm-hmm. Nobody else can speak to your journey, but with love and patience for ourselves, for others, keeping and holding that space for others to be able to truly embrace who they are and find their path. Mm-hmm. That is such a profound gift. And it's a blessed and holy space. And that's what I hope that I've given others, just as it's been given to me and has led me to where I am.
0: Mm. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I really appreciate you, Jerry, and thank you so much for coming on the Gay With God podcast, and um, I look forward to this not being the only time that we're together. We'll get together soon (laughs) and continue our journey together, and I love the support that we already have in our group, and um, I'm glad that we've met.
1: Likewise, Mitch. Thank you so much for having me on, and thank you so much for this podcast. Oh, thank you. It's important. To have voices out there and sharing with folks, you know, just like we were talking about, you don't have to choose between being LGBTQ plus and being a person of faith. It, you don't have to choose one or the other. It's yes and. Yes. And you helped spread that word. So thank you so much.
0: You are so welcome. You are so welcome. And guys, the word is still being spread. So um, if you join the Gay With God Facebook group, you will be able to do a monthly Zoom group with me entitled My Faith Journey, where we lean into all sorts of things and talk about many things, (laughs) sometimes just our journey. (laughs) And tonight um, we are getting together and we're starting to lean into Lent. So what does Lent mean and how can you express it and, and what are you thinking about? And so that's the Gay With God Facebook group and just make sure that you answer all the questions because we do want to make sure that you are, um, someone that is, finding the right group and that we are finding the right person to be in the group. So just answer all the questions. Remember to go to the wild goose festival website and all of that will be on the show page to find your discount code. And you'll also be able to find how to connect with Jerry on the empowered show page. And that way you can connect with Jerry. There's lots of good things that you're going to be able to find there. If you are listening to this podcast and are questioning whether you can be gay and be in a relationship with the God of your understanding. If you identify as LGBTQI+, or not even sure if you're gay, God has always been within you. Even when you didn't know it, you have always been gay with God. Thank you, everybody. Stay tuned to see how you can join the Gay With God community. And as always, you are loved. I want to invite you to become a part of the Gay With God community. How can you do that? Stay connected by messaging me your thoughts and comments in the comment section under the downloads of the show on the Gay With God show page. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen and share, share, share so we can increase our community outreach and be a light to those who are struggling to claim their faith. Consider being a sponsor so I can highlight your service in our community. We are all worthy of respect and a relationship with the God of our understanding. I want to thank you in advance for supporting this podcast. Together, we as a community will keep this show visible and our community stronger. Deep gratitude to my friend Tim McClendon of Tim McClendon Music for allowing me to use an excerpt from Interlude 4, a song found on his CD entitled Sundance.